good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Thank you, Anne, for leading the charge this morning in a soul-like connection. And uh, Paula's uh, taking a little time off. He's left us in great hands, and we had a little glitch, but it went forward anyway. So thank everyone. And Jesse came in the last moment to kind of help us up all along the way. Well, Bitter or Better was that song, and I thought about, as I was sharing uh, earlier today about a story that was in the Gospel of Mark. And it's the fifth chapter. It's a story most of us are familiar with. It's a woman who was hemorrhaging for a long time and didn't have a solution to her ailment. And then she was instantly healed. And according to the story, my interpretation anyways, I was reading between the lines, she kind of jumped out of bed and rushed outside and saw this throng of people surrounding Jesus, elbowed them out of the way. And along the way, she was said to herself, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. Or some statements say, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And seemingly miraculously, she was indeed healed in that instant. And when we look at that story, and people talk about that story, most of the focus is on what appeared to be the miracle healing. But what's not talked about that much is the fact that her faith was generated by what she was saying, particularly what she was saying to herself. I think all of us live in a world of our own choosing a world of our own consciousness, which is a fancy way of saying our sum total of our thoughts, our beliefs and feelings, our perceptions. And a lot of things happen around us in life. A lot of things seem to happen to us in life. But really what counts are the things that we say to ourselves about what has happened. Almost every day, you know, there's the, what I call the highly charged thought forms of the world you know, all the things that come bombarding us that tells us so many different things. Many of these things that are said are unchallenged. Most of the time they're hearsay. Or they're statements that start out with, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, people say, they say, 
People say, you know, friend, uh, at your age, you know, it's inevitable. You're going to have aches and pains or you're going to, you're not very remember so well. You know, they say, you know, a lot of people are predicting an economic downturn. Everyone is telling me it's foolish for me to hope about making this plan work. So people may say, but what's important is what are we saying to ourselves? Because no matter how hard we may try, we can never get away from ourselves. I tried. Because <laughs> wherever I go, there I am. We're always surrounded by ourselves. We're limited by our own mentality. We're fenced in by our, our ideas. We're influenced by what we say to ourselves about ourselves. So what we think and say to ourselves determine what our life experiences will be. So it sometimes behooves us just to be very careful about what we're saying to ourselves, particularly. I remember when I first got introduced to some of these teachings, I was gung-ho about them. You know, I was going through my own transformation in life. And I was trying to read and study so much stuff and everything I could get my hands on. I was just devouring it. And at the same time, a very demanding, you know, job, a very consuming job uh, at this particular holding company. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were like, uh, the, the, you know, how should I describe their management style? It was long on criticism, short on praise. It was called the dog whip school of management. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was working in that department. I'm thinking that uh, I would say to myself, man, I wish I had time just to study and nothing but these spiritual things and has a nice quiet place that I could just go and just focus my attention on that. And soon after that, I was playing a pickup game of basketball and I, and I tore a tendon in my, in my knee and, and, I, and I had to have some operation on it. And it put me out of commission for a couple of weeks. And as a result, I had an abundance of time. I had abundance of time to read and to study any spiritual books I wanted, but it was not the scenario that I actually had in mind when I uttered those words. So there were two lessons that I learned from that. Number one, the power of self-suggestion. And number two, be very precise in your language because the universe sometimes has a very warped sense of humor. You know what we do? We want to use the power of self-suggestion and the words that we say to ourselves to be for us and never to be against us. There was a young girl who was riding her bicycle, and uh, she hit a, a, a rock and a big hole in the ground, and the, the bicycle tumbled over, and she skinned her knee really, really bad, and she was sitting on the side of the curb, uh, just kind of rubbing her knee, and she was putting up with the pain. She wasn't complaining. She wasn't whimpering or anything like that. And there was a guy who had saw all of this taking place, and he was very alarmed about, you know, what she had uh, endured. And uh, she asked the girl, he asked the girl, well, uh, could I help? And the little girl said, no, oh, no, I, I'm all right. And then the man asked her, well, how do you keep yourself from crying? And she said, well, I just say to myself, stop that and make myself mind me. <laughs> Out of the words of babes, there it is. The key, I think, to positive self-suggestion is to simply learn to discipline ourselves and to say the things that are supporting us and not say what we 
don't want, but rather say what we want to become our reality in our lives. Not what we're resisting, not what we're fighting, not what we're resenting, not what we're chronically complaining about. Because oftentimes we end up giving it more energy, more power than it deserves. And if we find ourselves habitually talking to ourselves like that, sometimes we just need to form a new habit, a new habit of just having a quiet talk with ourselves. Sometimes we need to pump ourselves up when we're going down that rabbit hole, that matrix, so to speak. Now, of course, it can be downright frightening to discover how many broken records of self-limitation we play to ourselves with our words. So we want to be careful what we are saying to ourselves because words on the whole are neutral. They're like, well, they're like electricity. It can either benefit us or it can harm us depending upon which words we use. So what we say to ourselves can make a huge difference in our life. You know, for example, I remember talking to a student and he was getting bad grades and he was saying to himself, oh, I'm not smart. Or maybe we didn't, you know, win first place in a contest and we may say something to the effect, oh, I'm just not talented enough. Or maybe in our life there was a, a parent or a teacher that criticized us and we may say, oh, I'm not that good. Maybe some sort of relationship or business goes bad and we say, well, maybe I'm unloved, I'm unworthy, I'm just not good at this. But when we use those words, even if we use them casually, we're saying to ourselves in a way that's creating our core self-belief, our core self-concept. You know, when I was a student minister in, in Missouri, I was working with my friend, actually Jim Lee. We were student ministers at a ministry in Kansas City. And I remember one, one service, uh, a lady came out and seemed... And from my perspective, seemed to have everything in life. She seemed to be smart and attractive and came from a, a solid family. And I remember we were in the lobby and after a service, uh, she was friendly and had a very pleasant personality as far as I could tell. And I thought if anybody had to, to be happy, it had to be her. But when she started talking, I realized that the opposite was going on within her. And she began to describe how she was unfulfilled in her life that somehow she was lonely. She perceived her co-workers as, as more talented than she was. And she would say things like, oh, I'm not attractive. I, I'm unlucky. I, I'm a slow learner. I'm, I'm always tired. And after a few minutes of listening to her, she asked me, well, what do I think? And I'm saying, I don't know, but uh, it doesn't seem like you really have anything really going bad for you in your life. You know, I was kind of green behind the ears. I didn't know how to counsel anybody in that situation. But I knew one thing. What was holding her back, and a lot had to do with her self-talk. And if I knew then what I know now, I might have made a suggestion that she engage in this experiment, and we can do the same. Because the next time we find ourselves playing an old tune of self-limitation, we have to stop what we are doing. We have to go apart, maybe. Maybe take a walk away from the atmosphere and the environment that we're in at that moment, and sometimes we just have to say to ourselves, maybe sometimes a little firmly, now, you are not acting like the child of God that you really are. It's time to get rid of that broken record because you are not a limited being in any way, shape, or form that you're making yourself out to be. You know, when I have, whenever we have one of those me-to-me -me talks, <laughs> you know, we have to have a conversation that says, oh, I am a child of God. 
I'm endowed with the potential to be what I want to be. I release the past beliefs to nothing for which they have come. I face forward because I know that I can do what I need to do to be what I want to be through the indwelling power that is within me. You must realize that there's no fate, there's no destiny, there's no force outside of us that somehow puts one person up or another person down. Because this presence, this power, this God, as they say, is no respecter of persons. It's a respective of our consciousness. And our consciousness is under our influence and our control. And my consciousness is going to respond based upon what I'm saying to me. You know, as it says in that Cassius said to Brutus and Julius Caesar, for those who read those books, when talking about the masters of our fate, he said, the fault their Burris is not in the stars, but in ourselves, that we are the underlings. The good that we seek belongs to the person who qualifies it by right of consciousness. The person who forms the habit of rejecting the they say evidence of the world around them and who keeps themselves or herself from saying those things, but only saying things that are constructive solves the one thing that riddles life at times. Because when we're tempted to slip into speaking words of self-limitation, we say to ourselves, stop that. I am a radiant, all-wise, all-knowing, all-conquering child of God. That is the truth. So we don't worry about what other people say or what other appearances may appear to be at any given moment. We ask on a regular basis, what am I saying to myself? You know, if we find sometimes we're working on a project and it seems daunting, or we find that, you know, we're trying to start something new and we might end up saying, what if this doesn't work out? Or we may say to yourself, James Trapp, well, like I said, you wouldn't say James Trapp unless you're me, but uh, you say to yourself, you know, this could go wrong. Know that that's the enemy of our own mind that comes out gets caught up in the ups and downs and the beliefs of the world around us that we take in. We take in sometimes the collective belief system, the consciousness of the world around us, but we can say no to that. Well, we got to give our minds something to do when those situations arise by saying something different to ourselves. We want to ask ourselves some questions that will cause us to go crazy trying to find out the solution or try to find out the answer and try to make that happen. We have to do like that little girl that said, stop and make ourselves mind ourselves. Let me make myself mind me. So you shift up and say to yourself, hey, what if the almighty God is always supporting me? And our mind will say, huh? What if I'm living and moving and having my beingness in God? And we'll say, huh? What if everywhere I go, I'm loved and appreciated as a child of God? What if I'm living in the flow of God's absolute abundance and supply? What if my body temple is the most magnificent healing mechanism that has ever been created in the universe? What if God is for me and there is nothing against me? We start speaking those words, what if? These words and these questions 
are important because we get answers to the very questions that we ask. That's why it says in Matthew 7, 7, ask and shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. So if you're having one of those bad spells in life that we all do from time to time, don't ever say, how can this get any worse? I always say that. <laughs> if we ask how it can get any worse, oh, what's worse will find you and it will track you down and it will get worse. Don't ask that question. So what we, want to, we want to say to ourselves words that affirm the power of God. We want to say words that affirm what we want to see happen in our life. Or whatever situation we're going through, we want to see the best in that. Even if the appearance is negative in that moment, we want to speak words to ourselves that, like I said, just reinforce, reaffirm that God is more powerful than any situation that we are facing. So we don't say to ourselves, or we don't say to the God presence about how big our problems are. We say to our problems, how big my God is. We don't say how big our problems are. We say how big my God is. If we're not trying to get ourselves to say those words and get that type of agreement, we're missing out on the power. And all we're doing is making the situation worse by adding to the fear thoughts rather than speaking words that firm up our faith thoughts. That's what that woman did when she broke through the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She was speaking those faith thoughts, and that became her experience. So we want to say to ourselves, with God at my side, I can walk in a room and say, peace, be still. With God at my side, I can walk in a room and say, God's love and God's joy and God's power is here because, as it says in the second Timothy, the first chapter and the seventh verse, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. No doubt we are here to live by the inspired thoughts of this presence. The world is in need of this. The world is ready for this kind of inspiration. So I don't want you to say out loud, and no, you're saying it to yourself. Just say with me, I am inspired. I am, inspired. I am in love. I am, love. I am in peace. I am in, peace. I am in joy. I am in God's abundance. I am in beauty. Just look in the mirror and say that to yourself every morning. See how your day just starts opening up in a way that you never imagined. Something positive has to happen because that is the energy field that you're creating. And as you do this, what you're saying to yourself, it multiplies. It grows. It appreciates because what you're saying is the truth of who and what we are and what we're doing. We're agreeing with the truth. Because we are this truth. And it's the truth that you're saying to yourself that liberates you and sets you free. So ask yourself, what am I saying to myself? I'm ready to be free, friend. Go forth and multiply the all good. Be better, not bitter. Peace and blessings. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website 
at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh, oh.